Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Off the Dome podcast. Happy Friday to all. This episode is brought to you by Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast. I'm here with a, with um, with a get with a special guest, the Chicago Bears inside reporter, Kevin Fishbane. Kevin, it's an honor. Thank you so much for having me. Before we get into uh, to dive into this uh, this interview. I decided to do this thing where I would do quick takes, where I would just ask you a simple question, and and then you would give me a one word, a- you would give me a one to three word answer. Uh, we're gonna try this activity before we get into the interview, just for fun, just to warm up before uh, before the the game, which is our interview. Your first job. My first job. Camp counselor. Deep dish or thin pizza? Uh, Okay, we'll continue it. Um, favorite beach? Favorite beach? Wow. Um, I'll just do the uh, the beach at Northwestern where I went to college. Great answer. Paddle? I'm sorry. Um, uh, tennis or paddle? Um, tennis. I don't play either, but my father-in-law uh, was a great tennis player back in his day. Very nice. Favorite TV show to binge? The Office. It's a great one. Describe yourself in three words. Um, outgoing, uh, friendly, and a mensch. <laughs> that, that's a good one. Most used emoji to use on your phone? Uh, the crying laughing emoji. <laughs> I use that one all the time. Dogs or cats do you have and names? Uh, I do not have, uh, do not have any pets, but shout out to my sister's cat, Finn. <laughs> Favorite Chicago Bears player ever? In general, to in in general. Um, man, you would think I would have had an answer to a question like that. I've never, I don't think I've ever been asked that before. So kudos. <laughs> um, I'll go Devin Hester. Greatest, uh, greatest kick returner of all time. That's a good one. First concert you ever attended. 
That would be... Shoot. I believe it would have been... Uh, John Mayer, Howie Day, and Five for Fighting. Miracle on State Street, Chicago Theater. That would have been 2004. There we go. Alrighty, we just got through the warm-up. Now let's dive into uh, the, the questions. So you're now the Chicago Bears reporter. Uh, what, talk to me. How did you get to where you're at today, being the reporter from the Chicago Bears? Yeah, so I, uh, you know, I, I always wanted to be a sports writer. I studied journalism um, in Northwestern. And uh, my first job out of college was I was covering the NFL at a magazine called Pro Football Weekly. So that was kind of my first foray into the NFL and NFL journalism um, and what it was like to cover the league. And I, I enjoyed it. It was, you know, to me, the best sport to cover. Um, games only once a week. And uh, but the season is still, you know, so much going on year round. And, and I just love being able to tell stories for 53 guys on a team. Um, and so I, I worked there for a few years and then became a Bears beat writer um, for the Northwest Herald and a few newspapers out in the far suburbs. Um, that was my first year in the beat. So I did four years there. And then I, I joined The Athletic in 2017 and just finished my fourth season. So I've covered the Bears for eight seasons now, um, covered the NFL for 11, which is crazy to say. Um, so, yeah, so uh, 2021 will be my uh, ninth season on the Bears beat, and I've covered one playoff game. Your one playoff game you covered was the 2018 uh, playoff game. That's very depressing day. <laughs> yeah, very depressing. The Cody Parkey double doink. Um, what have you learned from your past experiences throughout your career to help uh, to to help you get to where you're at today? What were some of the things you've learned from as a journalist to help you be in the position you're in right now? Well, I think it's important to keep your eyes and ears open at all times. And what I mean by that is I read so much. Um, when I first started that first job, I was covering the New England Patriots and Miami Dolphins. Like, I, I didn't know anything about those teams uh, past the you know main particulars when I began. So um, I every day I was reading articles written by the beat writers for those teams. Um, and... Even now, I read everything I can about the Bears um, just to just to learn more about the NFL. And also, it helps you be a better writer, better reporter. Oh, you know, this writer talked to this person. That's a good idea. Oh, this was an interesting angle to the story. Oh, this was a good lead. Things like that. So, and then you just keep your ears open. You know, you 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 listen, you listen to podcasts, you listen to. And then even I'm, I'm talking about keeping your ears open when you're in a locker room. Just what are you hearing? You know, you're talking when you're um, out, you know, and you're talking to sources, things like that. So, um, you know, just really being uh, kind of a sponge, if I could use a sports cliche, <laughs> uh, just kind of soaking like everything in, um, you know, covering a team, you just have to be an expert. I mean, you really have to know as much as you can about them and to do that, you know, it takes a lot of work, obviously, um, to, you know, it's just, because the thing too is like, you know, I'll, I'll come across Bears fans that know so much about the Bears. And I'm like, well, they're counting on me. I've got to know more than that. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's one thing to just be able to have the credential that allows me 
into the locker room and into the stadium to ask the questions. Well, you know, and, and nowadays, you know, credential gets me into the Zooms. Um, but but it's important for me to um, just make sure I can be an encyclopedia um, and, and just be a resource for the people that want to know about their, their beloved team. When doing your inside reporting, uh, what do you do for you personally to stand out from all the other inside reporters to get the best scoops? And I follow you on Twitter. Lots of people follow you on Twitter and you have great insight. What do you do to separate yourself from the rest of the pack? It's a good question. Um, you know, I, I mentioned earlier the fact that there's 53 guys on a team. You know, I, I, I like trying to profile or, or write about some of the, the guys that people don't think of, that people don't know a lot about, because I do know the diehard Bears fans care about some of those players. Um, so I think I think from a writing perspective, that's one way I, I try to do it. Um, you know, in terms of my tweets, you, you know, you, you follow me, so you know this. I do a lot of fun facts. You know, I'm, I'm very big on numbers. I'm very interested in interesting stats. So I always, especially during games, I always try to find, you know, interesting statistics that help give context to something that just happened. Um, and, you know, now in the offseason, try to find the statistics to give context to something, um, you know, a trade or, or, or a signing or things like that. So, um, you know, I'm always trying to find um, new creative ways. And it's just, all, I think it's also important to let your voice come out, you know, because we might all, you know, however many Bears beat writers there are, we're all covering the same team. We're all working with a lot of the same information. But we all have unique voices, um, and so for me, it's like, all right, I, I've got this voice. I, I'm, I'm different. Um, you know, let me let me let that voice shine to kind of help separate me from everybody else. Let's talk about the the uh, eight the uh, mixed Bears season last year. Um, the, they went eight and eight. Been a, a lot. Been a, a couple quarterback changes. From Mitch to Foles, Foles to Mitch. Uh, some games they couldn't close it out. They made the playoffs, but got bounced early against the Saints. In your opinion, what were your thoughts on last season for the Bears? What did you like and what did you not like about the Bears season? I, I have my own thoughts, but what are your personal thoughts about it? What did you like and what did you not like? I generally did not like watching the offense. <laughs> You know, it was, it was stagnant often, and um, you know the, the nice little run in December, which was entertaining. Um, you know, it's uh, for me. You know, you you're always, you know, you, you like covering um, relevance. You like the idea. You you want the team you're covering to be relevant. So whether that means you know eerily good in the playoff hunt, or you know. You don't want necessarily this, but like you know, being so bad that you know you could have a bunch of changes. That at least at least you're relevant. You don't necessarily want to be kind of where the Bears are, which is like total mediocrity. Um, now they might argue they made the playoffs, so they're not total mediocrity. But um, you know, I, uh, so you know, there were times last year. Obviously, the, the three game win streak start of the season was really exciting. Um, some of the, the ways they won those games, you know, the quarterback change, a lot of attention. You know that losing streaks tough. Losing streaks are really tough to cover, um, and 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 they're tough to cover when when the team is just um, you know especially that offense when they just they were just in such a rut. It was just it was just boring football. Like it was wasn't exciting. 
Um, it, was, it just wasn't fun to watch. And the defense, you know, there's only so much they could do. So, um, you know, the, the three-game win streak then in December, you know, regardless of who they were playing, was, exci- you know, again, exciting because they're playing competitive games. They're playing tight football. They're playing, you know, good football, um, complimentary football. So, you know, you want to see that. You're not necessarily rooting to watch them play poorly. You want them to be competitive. Um and uh, so that, you know, that was more enjoyable. But then near the end of the season, the playoff game was kind of a little bit more like the middle of the season. It was a bit of a dud. Um, you know, after after that missed um, trick play, um, they just they just were kind of out of it. So, you know, that was tough. But yeah, th- this is one of the cha- – seasons like this are challenging because um, they're – especially this one because, you know, I had a pretty good – I, I was pretty confident nobody was nobody was getting fired, but obviously I understood that a lot of Bears fans <sighs> were not satisfied with that. And they wouldn't be satisfied with anything other than clean house, and I get it. I totally get it. Um, but for my purposes, like if it's not going to happen, you got to move on to the next thing. You know, it's like all right, Payson, now you're back. Let's talk about what they can do, how they can fix things. Like that's my job. I'm trying to provide context. I can't sit here and just um, you know, uh, spin you know spin the wheels about um, you know the McCaskey family or Ted Phillips or you know what things should do. You you, you just want to be able to spin it forward because the fact is these guys are here, they're still in charge of the team, they're still making decisions, they're still going to play next year, and, and look, they, they could be competitive. You never know. Um, so uh, you know, it's just I, I frankly I, I kind of like this time of year sometimes because free agency and the draft offer hope. You know whoever they sign or trade for or draft, you never know if one of those guys could be the guy who could be the answer at a position. Uh, you just don't know. Um, you know, obviously they thought Mitch Trubisky was that a few years ago, and he wasn't. Um, on the flip side, I don't think anybody thought Darnell Mooney was anything to be too excited about, and look what he did. Same thing when they drafted Eddie Jackson and Tariq Cohen, um, Bilal Nichols, you know, guys like that. So I, I, I like, you know, especially after a season like the one we just had, you almost look forward to an off season because there's going to be, you know, there, there is this pressure to find those players that can be, um, you know, that could be difference makers. So Kevin, we before I, we started recording this, we talked a little bit about the QB carousel that was this off season. And the big name for the bears, um, the last couple of days before yesterday was Carson Wentz. And obviously that didn't that that didn't fall through. Carson Wentz is now an Indianapolis Colt. Was Carson Wentz? Was there some consideration of the Bears getting Carson Wentz? And this is a two part question. Was there consideration of the Bears getting Carson Wentz? And obviously the most important position is the QB position. So now that Wentz is off the table, who are the Bears looking at right now? Yeah. I, I'm, I expect the Bears to look at every single quarterback. You know, I, I'm, I'm sure that they were um, taking off at Carson Wentz and, and deciding if he would be a fit for them and decide, and if they decided that, you know, what kind of compensation they'd be willing to give up. You know, I, I, don't, I don't know if they, you know, really how serious they were or if they offered anything or whatnot. The reports are they didn't make an offer. But, you know, I, I, I'm just of the belief that, if there's a quarterback who's available who can start, the Bears are going to be interested in him. So same thing with Matthew Stafford. And now, you know, he's gone, or he's on to L.A. And then Wentz, he's on Indianapolis. Well, you know, who's next? 
you know, can is Derek Carr going to become available? Deshaun Watson going to become available? I don't expect those guys to get traded. So then you move out of Sam Darnold or Jimmy, you know, could you get Jimmy Garoppolo? Is Teddy Bridgewater available? And you look at the free agents, you know, Cam Newton, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Jacoby Brissett, um, Andy Dalton, you know, all those guys. Like, I, I just, I, I think that they, they have to look at everybody. They have to consider everybody and, and, and seriously consider who is the best fit. And, and when they figure out who that guy might be, figure out a plan to acquire him. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, and then, and then it goes to the rookie class. You know, you, you got to imagine the college, you know, the college scouts are, are, are breaking down a lot of these quarterbacks and they're deciding if they, if they, you know, are in love with one of the guys who's supposed to go in the top 10, can they get up there for him? So all these things, I mean, they just, they're, they're not in a position to rule out any avenue. So yes, there are a lot of reasons to not be excited about Carson Wentz, but the Bears are not in a position to just ignore somebody like that. And they're not in a position to ignore, you know, with a lot with the Lions train them in division. Of course not. But should the Bears ignore that? No, they have to look at everything. You know, look at, you know, um, Jacoby Brissett. You know, like guy hasn't, you know, was a backup and kind of been a career backup. Does that mean the Bears should ignore him? No. Like they, they just, they just have. I, I'm just operating under the assumption that they are taking every available quarterback seriously. So I have to ask you this. Um, my friends and I have talked about this, a, a hypothetical. Would you rule out the possibility of Mitch Trubisky coming back in a Bears uniform, in your opinion? Uh, will Mitch be back in a Bears uniform? Uh, I do not expect him to be back in a Bears uniform. Okay. I, I, would, I, would, I would be surprised. Um I think that, um, you know, I, I, I wouldn't rule out the possibility that Mitch Trubisky would be open to it. But, you know, if you're Mitch Trubisky, I mean, he's, he's, he's going to want to start. And I, I don't know if the Bears are in a position where they're going to, where they can bring him back and guarantee that to him. You know, the way they talked about the quarterback position, the way, this, the, way the Packers game ended, the way the Saints game ended, all those things, like, you know, like they have to understand that that you know he didn't take them to that next level. Um, so I don't know if they, you know, I, I don't know if they've ruled it out or whatnot. But I, I you, you watch the game, you're like this just it didn't work out. Um, and him, you know, I think there's something to be said about staying in the same system and trying to continue to build with the same coaching staff. And, and I think a lot of quarterbacks want that. Um, and, and and it's hard when you don't get that and you, you have to move on. But um, you know, I, I, I just, I, I, I would, I would expect him to be, uh, you know, my, my guess is he's on another team next year. Obviously anything can happen if the bears, you know, cycle through and he's the best one available and he looks around free and see, and that's the best play chance for him to start, you know, maybe they find a way to figure it out. But right now I, I would put the probability on that as, as, as low. Let's talk about. Uh, out the other important uh, player on the Bears, which is Allen Robinson. So there's been a lot of reports we about uh, last year about how that we haven't been able to sign Allen Robinson, and 
I was just wanted an update on Allen Robinson's info. I've heard, I've read some reports yesterday. That, uh, this is just a rumor. I don't know if you can confirm or deny this. That Allen, that the Bears were going to franchise tag Allen Robinson, but then trade him. There are, they are still. Maybe they're working through a contract. I don't know. What is the new information on Allen Robinson and? Are the Bears looking at, and who are the Bears targeting for wide receiver um, reinforcements if they were to lose Allen Robinson? Yeah, it's a good question. You know, uh, Allen Robinson's been pretty vocal, um, certainly, uh, in the past couple of weeks. Uh, I talked to uh, my friend Tyler Dunn, who does a great job at his website, Go Long, uh, this week. Um, and pretty much made it clear both Robinson's agent that the Bears have not had an offer that um, at least haven't offered anything lately, um, or whatever they offered in August was not what Al Robinson was looking for. And you know, I always, you know, players should go get market value. You know, go go get your money. Um, go get the go get go. You know, um, uh, you know. So all the power to Al Robinson for that. And but the Bears, you know, they have the chip in their hand. They have the franchise tag. They can absolutely use it. And there's nothing Al Robinson can really do about it other than refuse to play and try to force the Bears' hand to trade him. I mean, that's an option. I don't know if Al Robinson would, you know, I don't know what would happen in, in a staring contest if that was what would happen. <laughs> that's tough. You know, the Bears are in a, in a, in a, you know, they're in a tough predicament because they don't have a lot of cap space. So, you know, they, they wouldn't prefer to dedicate so much of it to Al Robinson. Um, they also don't have playmakers. Like, they need Allen Robinson to be good. He's, he's a phenomenal player. He's great in the locker room. So, you know, uh, it's, a, it's a really tricky situation. I, I, you know, the franchise tag window opens next week. Um, I, I, I would not be surprised if the Bears used it. I think there's also, and I'm not reporting this, I haven't heard this or anything, but, you know, maybe the Bears have seen all the stuff that Allen Robinson said, and they're like, you know what, we're just going to move on. He doesn't want to be franchise tagged. We're not ready to sign a long-term extension. Let's just let him go to France and do his thing. You know, if they do that, I, you know, like, and they got to replace him. If that's what they, if that's what they want to do, they're going to have to find something to replace him. And, and let me tell you, it's not going to be cheap. Right. You know, luckily, there's a lot of good wide receivers. You know, Chris Godwin, Kenny Galladay, Juju Smith-Schuster, Corey Davis. Um, uh, it's it's a deep wide receiver uh, free agency class. It's a deep wide receiver draft class. Will Fuller. T.Y. Hilton, Curtis Samuel, just going down our, our list on the athletic. Uh, so they certainly could replace him, and, and some of those guys might be cheaper. Certainly wouldn't take up $18 million in the cap like the franchise tag would. So that 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 is a possibility. I just, it's just hard. I mean, you if you're the Bears, you know what Allen Robinson's brought to your team. Like, you've seen it year after year after year. You've had bad quarterback play, and he puts up great numbers. So, and he's, he's again, he's... he's Everything you want off the field as well. So, like, why wouldn't you do what you can to keep them? Um, you know that. But, but I, I, I understand they they've got a lot of needs. They don't have a ton of cap space. You know, it's a business. They got to figure it out. And for him, you know, he's within his right to not be very happy about playing under the franchise tag if that's an option. So it's uh, it, you know, the next few weeks are going to be very, very interesting in, in that. Um, I don't want to call it a battle, but but in, in, as that kind of unfolds. So, so do you expect him to be back uh, in your gut feeling, or you think it's you think it's going to be a parting of ways? Yeah, you know, 
a good question. I'm trying to figure out where I'm at. You know, if you asked me two days ago, I would say, yeah, they're going to they're give him the franchise tag, and eventually he's going to play, and they're just going to get through it. You know, seeing some of the things he's been saying, you know, and I'm sure they're seeing it too. Um, I'm, you know, just in that last answer, I almost talked myself into the idea that, that they might be ready to move on and just not want to deal with the drama that comes with it. I guess I'll still predict the tag, the franchise tag, and you know, maybe he gets they, they tag him and trade him, but like you, you're not going to get a great compensation for that. And once again, who's your number one wide receiver if you do that? Are you gonna, is Darnell Mooney going to be your number one wide receiver next year? He played and really he, well last year. I like Darnell. I think Darnell is a fantastic player. I'm not sure you're ready to put him in that role. And then if you do, who's your number two? I mean, we don't even know if Anthony Miller is going to be on the team next year or Devon Williams. You don't have anybody else. So... Um, and, and then you got to look at using your 20th pick, the first round pick on a wide receiver, at least, or, or, or early round pick. Or You're going to spend, let, let's put it this way, Matt, you're going to have to spend a lot of resources at this position. So the question is, would you rather commit those resources to Allen Robinson, who you know what he's going to bring you week in and week out, or would you be willing to spend those resources on somebody else? I, I think you should spend those guys on, on the guy that you know. And, and, and just find a way to figure it out. But, you know, not my money, so it's easy for me to say. Uh, A-Rob, I consider the security blanket to Mitch and Nick Foles last year. I feel like whenever the Bears needed to make a big play, it was A-Rob. I, I, he had a 1,000-yard receiving year. He was the most, probably one of the more underappreciated, underrated receivers in the league. And the Bears would not even have even close to be in somewhat in these games offensively without Allen Robinson. So the Bears would be foolish enough to just not pay him and just to let him go, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I, the guy had more 20-yard catches than any Bears had in right. the year. Um, and, and he did it with one of the worst deep-passing offenses in football. So uh, I think it's a no-brainer to find a way to keep him. But, but I, I understand that, um, that, that it's tricky, and, and the last thing they want is to give this guy the franchise tag and come May, June, he's not there. You know, it's, it's, just, it's just something that they prefer, they prefer not to deal with. So how much of their reticence to have that issue on their hands is going to prevent them from you know giving him what what he deserves and keeping a really good player on the roster. Right. For the Bears, we we've t- you just mentioned about the draft. What are some of the biggest draft needs the Bears need, in your opinion? Do you think trading up for a QB is a possibility, or maybe drafting an O line? The what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did last year was they drafted Tristan Wirfs and some good O line, and they got Brady very great, got great protection during during the playoffs. So, in your opinion, what are some of the biggest needs, uh, draft needs the Bears should should be able to use? And do you know for who the who what positions the Bears are looking at in the draft? Yeah, well, I, I mean, I think you need an offensive tackle. Right. You got it. They have spent way too many years not drafting offensive tackles. Um, so I would start there. You know, you looked at look at what look at the Super Bowl. You met. You just mentioned Tristan Wirfs who had a great year. You saw what how much he meant to the box and how great that offensive line was and then how much the Kansas City offensive line struggled. And Patrick Mahomes was not good enough to – I mean, he's the greatest, 
yet with no offensive line, there's only so much you can do against a great defense. So I look at offensive tackle as a big need. Um, and, you know, he could, whoever it is could play right tackle then move over to left the next year or something like that. You know, wide receiver is a need. If, if Al Robinson's gone, it's it's I think it's your number one need. Um, if he's back, it's it's still pretty pretty big need because you, you just need to have more weapons there. Quarterback, obviously, I think even if they trade for somebody, even if they sign somebody, they have to draft a quarterback. Even if they dra- trade for Derek Carr, you know, they still have to draft a quarterback. They, 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 you need to have a rookie in your in your building that you can develop because you just they, they've gone way too long without having that. Um, so those are kind of the, the three big ones. Uh, you might need a tight end again. Uh, again? I know joke last year when they had so many tight ends, but Jimmy Graham is not back. Who's your new tight end? Who's that guy you're going to split in the slot? So I look at that. On the defensive side of the ball, you know, you're going to have to probably replace Buster Screen. They've got decisions to make with Akeem Hicks and Kyle Fuller based on their contracts. So I don't expect either of them gone, but you just have to – I mean, everything's a possibility – You'd have to replace one of them if that's the route you go. I think you need depth at inside linebacker. You need a new starting safety um, if you can't resign to Sean Gibson. Um, I would look at, you know, I, I, I think edge rusher is kind of like cornerback, wide receiver, quarterback. I think that's a position you should be looking to draft every year. You should always be trying to develop new edge rushers. And, um, you know, they got the guy Travis Gibson last year. I, I think he could maybe be a nice role player for him. How much longer is Robert Quinn going to be here? You don't know what you're going to get from him. So I, I, I think that, you know, as I, said, I think every year you got to look at that position and, and how you can kind of provide more options to the pass rush. Right. I realize you asked me what the biggest need, and I think I gave you like eight. No, that, 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 that's, that's more than qualified. <laughs> that was more than qualified. No, I agree with you on that. I think the O-line, I, I would strongly think the Bears should go after it because the O-line did struggle. Uh, James Daniels missed some time, uh, and then that really hurt. And and they were just banged up on O line. Alex Bars was was out. I mean, there was just so they had to move so many different guys on the left tackle position, and Coward was out. So I think the Bears need another O line help, someone that could provide some some protection. Now. I know Nick Foles was a statue, and I know that he is not mobile, but still, he didn't have enough time in the pocket. And Mitch, same thing. So I think that the Bears need some O-line help. If I were, if I were Ryan Pace, if I, if, I, if I were able to go all in, I'd do a, I would do an, an offensive tackle just to be safe in this one. Yeah, uh, there's um, you know, our... At the athletic, our uh, draft writer has given the Bears an offensive tackle on all three of his mock drafts. Wow! And, and you know, it's a weird tackle class because there's a couple early guys, and there's a bit of a drop off. You got Penny Sewell, you got Rashawn Slater, you got Christian Darisaw from Virginia Tech, uh, and then there seems to be a drop off. Tevin Jenkins is the guy from Oklahoma State that's been pegged to the Bears a lot. Um, you know, the guy uh, Mayfield out of Michigan. Uh, but it's just there, there's there's not like those clear cut guys that are going to be around in the twenties and thirties. You just, you just you don't know. But like again, you got you got to take you got to start taking these guys, and you just got to hope you trust your evaluators. And um, you know, again, it's just it's just a position that they've long too long have ignored in the draft. 
what is some realis- realistic expectations for the Bears this offseason, in your opinion? Hmm. Well, you know, I think in past offseasons we've seen that Ryan Pace is aggressive. He's not afraid to be aggressive. So I, I think it's fair to expect them to make an aggressive move at quarterback, make an aggressive move to wide receiver, and, and that could be giving Al Robinson the franchise. Hey, it's a lot of money. I think it's still an aggressive move. Um, you know, so and then the and then you know, find figuring out to find a way to get help in the offensive line. And look, they they haven't been afraid at all to spend money on defense either. Uh, I mentioned some of the needs. You know, whether it's the starting safety, starting nickel corner, defensive line depth. You know, you, you don't really have inside linebacker depth, so things like that. So you know, I, I expect them to bring in a lot of new guys. Uh, they've done this pretty much every year. Um, you know, the, the quietest they ever really were would have been after the 2018 season when they went 12 and four. You know, they brought in um, Buster Screen, they brought in Haha Clint Dix and Mike Davis. That was pretty much it. And Cordero Patterson too. Cordero Patterson, correct. Right. Um, you know, so it, uh, it wasn't uh, you know too exciting. And, and you know, in the end, you look back at what happened, and you know that 2019 year went so poorly you know you wonder what they could have done differently in the previous offseason but other than that Ryan Pace has generally been pretty active pretty aggressive they'll find a way around the salary cap so yeah I I expect this offseason to be pretty busy Um, speaking of Ryan Pace in your opinion there's been a lot of criticism about Ryan Pace and a lot of mixed reviews about him as the GM so in your opinion being objective, what is Ryan Pace physically going to do to improve this football team, in your opinion? Well, just the things I, I kind of mentioned. He's, he's going to take a swing at quarterback. Um, he's got. He has to. Um, you know, it's just a question of what it's going to look like. Is it going to be a trade? Is it going to be a free agent? Is it going to be in the draft? Is it going to be both? Um, you know, that that's kind of what I. I've come to expect from him is that he's going to be aggressive and, and he's going to, um, you know, take his chances and, and the bears have, you know, given him that ability, you know, they have trusted him to do that. You know, even though it didn't work out the last time they, they believe in him, you know, getting it right. So, um, yeah, I think it starts there. That, that I, as I said, I, I expect him to continue what he's done over the years, which is be aggressive, not worry too much about the salary cap down the line just get what you can get to make the 2021 bears good and you worry about 2022 if you're still a jam in 2022 your expectations you think the bears will be better than what they were this past year or you think they'll be the same or if i know it's too early to tell depending on what moves they make but as of this moment as of 4 11 p.m the time of speaking to you What's your honest gut feeling? Same like the last year or better or worse? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I think they're kind of stuck in this 7-9, and 9-7 range. I, I, you know, the if they got Deshaun Watson, if they got Derek Carr, you know, maybe I would adjust that. Um, I don't think any of the free agent quarterbacks would make me adjust it. I don't think Sam Darnold would make me adjust that. Um, I, I, even if they traded up for one of the top quarterbacks, I don't think address that because you just can't trust a rookie quarterback, you know. So yeah, I just think they're kind of set in this little, you know. It's like the it's like the eight seed in the NBA, right? You're you're just kind of stuck there. Um, and right now, I, you know, last year I think I predicted them to go eight and eight. 
Maybe I probably didn't go nine and seven. I'm not sure, but like, yeah, I just think that you know, barring uh, some kind of miracle trade for a really, really good quarterback, I don't see how this team is not in that. But but the thing is, is I think they're too good to be like four and twelve, five and eleven. I think the de- I think there's still too many good pieces on defense. You know, they've got a lot of young talent. We we talked about Mooney. They got Roquan Smith, Dave Montgomery had a great end of the year, um, Bilal Nichols, Jalen Johnson, um, you know, Eddie, I, I expect Eddie Jackson to bounce back a little bit. Um, you know, I, I just think that there's too many quality players for them to be a disaster. Look, we've seen this team now in two years in a row go 8-8 eight and eight with really, really, really below average quarterback play. And so... I'm not expecting above-average quarterback play, so but I've seen this team still find a way to win some games, so I will continue to put them in that seven and nine, nine and seven range. We talked a lot about offense. Let's talk about defense. I, I'm a big fan of the defensive coordinator hire, and I'm a, and I really like that Mike Pettin is the defensive assistant. Hopefully, they cannot do that that um, single high safety coverage they did that Mike Pettin designed when when Scotty Miller torched Kevin King. I think the defense will be just as good as last year, but are you worried though that with depending with that the fact that the offense might cause disappointment with the defense because the defense could only do so much last year. So what are your expectations for the defense? You think they're going to get another piece, or you think they're going to stay put? What are your expectations for the defense next year? Well, they, they need to add a few guys because you know. If you don't bring back Deshaun Gibson, you need a starting safety. You need a backup safety. Um, if you don't bring back Buster Screen, you need a nickel corner. Um, they're not going to bring back Roy Roberts and Harris, I don't think. So you need another defensive lineman. Um, you know, they had some depth pieces that were pretty good last year. Guys like Barkevius Mingo, Brad Urban, are those guys in fact. So I, I, you know, I think they're going to have to, you know, bring in some new veterans and some some rookies to kind of help bolster that defense. Look, the problem with this defense over the past two years, pass rush takeaways. Like they've still been good against the run. They they fell off against the run last year without Eddie Goldman, um, but they've still they're still above average. They're still good on third down. They go to the red zone, but they did not take the ball away enough. Did not sack the quarterback enough. So how can you get better at those things? Is it going to be all of the scheme of the new corner, Sean Desai? Is it going to be you know finding a new pass rusher, finding a new safety? I don't know. Um, you mentioned you know how how they use their safeties, but yeah, the the defense. Uh, I, I don't think you know. Sean just I said the other day, it's going to be a tune-up. I don't think they need a whole lot of new players, um, but you know, it, it's going to still look a little bit different. And, and I think they got to find a way to fix those two things: pass rush and creating turnovers. Exactly. That's what the Bears are about. And I thought that early on in the year, they were causing turnovers. The defense was fine, but they could only do so much. And if they struggle one game, I, I, like, I remember the Sunday night game at Lambeau, they, they, were just, they just didn't have it. And when they didn't have it, the offense didn't pick it up. So it really just depends on the consistency on both sides of the football. If the Bears can get protection and run the ball, and if the defense could cause some turnovers, in my opinion. They, they've been great against the other teams towards the end of the year, like Minnesota, Jacksonville, and Houston. But they did get to that losing streak of which they weren't able to find consistency on both sides of the ball. 
like and, and even when they started off five and one, I just felt that they they didn't dominate those games, right? You remember there's a lot of talk about they're five and one, but they are legit five and one because they they won by an by a total margin of twelve points. So I think it's just all about consistency for the Bears next year. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, they um you know and and when they've been think about the really good Bears teams, right? They they run the ball well, they control possession, they play good defense, they take the ball away, and they take advantage of those takeaways. You know, so the, the wins aren't always pretty, uh, but they get the job done. Um, and, and, yeah, and, and when you think about consistency, you think about quarterback play, you think about quarterbacks to turn the ball over. And that's what they got to be looking for, too, is a quarterback that's just going to provide them less variance. Like a quarterback, that, that's what they thought Nick Foles was going to be, just a quarterback who can be steady. Now, that to be great. Just to be able to move the chains, um, you know, get first downs, convert when they get to the red zone, um, and not turn the ball over. Uh, and, you know, you'd love for them to find a quarterback who could do even more than that, but right now they just that quarterback just isn't available unless they're going to get Deshaun Watson. So, um, you know, when you talk about consistency, to me that is that, that starts and ends with the quarterback being, you know, kind of the, the, the beginning and the end of that consistency. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you on that. I have two questions. Uh, my um, my second to last then then we're uh, my second to last question is: What's been your favorite moment out of all the years you've covered the Bears? What's been your favorite? What's the what was the your favorite moment of covering the Chicago Bears? I know that's a very broad question. Sorry to put you on the spot, but what's your favorite moment for covering this team? And out of all your years covering the Bears, that's a good question. Can I give you? Uh, can I give you multiple answers? Sure, of course. So I, my first day on the Bears beat will always be really special to me because that was just a very much a, um, just a cool moment. To I was, shoot, I, I was 25. Um, I was in Bourbonnais, you know, interviewing players and coaches and, and writing stories and, you know, with people I've been reading for years. It was, it was just a, uh, that will always be a special moment to me. That was my first day on the job um, uh, to to have experienced that. Um, and, and, you know, again, when you're in the industry I'm in, that's just, that, that's just a, it's a bit of a, like, you've kind of made it, you know, or, or, or you've arrived. You have a long way to go still, but it just kind of was a good initial, it was a good way to start. Um, in terms of after that, you know, covering the playoff game in 28, you know, I joke that's my only playoff game I've covered. That was really cool. Just the build-up all week, how excited everybody was about that team. Like everything we were writing, people were just just soaking in. And then the just the build-up at kickoff. You, know, you think about just just the fans, everything, just all the moments leading up to that game. Obviously, the game ended up being a bit of a dud for the Bears and oh. the way it ended. But just just everything kind of leading up to that moment was really it was really cool to be a part of that. Um, uh, so yeah, that that would probably be. Um, probably one of my favorite moments. I, I mean, I have fun, you know, being, you know, staying in Bourbon Hay. I know they don't do Bourbon Hay anymore. I, I had some fun times down there in training camp, and um, I loved, you know, going on the road. You know, got, gotten, you know, last year, I'll throw one more at you. Getting to go to London um, for the London game was, that was really, really cool uh, to, to be able to, you know, have the opportunity to be in London and, and see the first ever football game at Tottenham's new stadium. Um, it's a bad game for the Bears, but that was a, uh, that, that, that was another one of those, like, wow, I, I can't believe I'm fortunate enough to be in this kind of position moments. 
my final question for you is obviously it's very hard to break into this industry right now because of the world we live in. So what's your advice to any person trying to break into uh, the sports media position that you're in right now? Yeah, I, I think two things I'll say. I want to go back to what I said earlier about reading and reading and writing and, and listening. You know, just always always be reading things and, and coming up with ideas and, and trying to figure out what is working for people. What what are things that, that resonate with audiences? What are things that people want to consume? Um, and, and, and the only way you can figure that out is by consuming it yourself and, and being on on Twitter, or on Instagram, or, or just trying to kind of seeing being on the athletics, seeing the type of things that we write, and and, and reading those stories. Um, and then you know, to me, this business is still first and foremost storytelling. Um, and and if you want to break in, you know, finding ways to yourself become a better storyteller. And then if you're not able to find, you know, a full-time job or whatnot, but you're able to freelance or able to, you know, pitch stories, you'll know, find people with interesting stories to tell and come up with a way to tell that story. Cause that's, you know, to me, that's what it all comes down to is, is, is telling stories. You know, yeah, it's fun to, you know, break down the, the bears blitz package on third down and um, try and, you know, analyzing who they're going to take in the draft. My favorite part is, after they draft the guy, <laughs> learning, about, learning about his background and, and, and telling the story. Um, you know, so I, I, I think that you know, being able to find a way to be a good storyteller, and it goes back to my first part of the answer is you know, consuming everything, you know, reading things, um, you know, reading good writers um, and, and figuring out, okay, you know, how can I emulate this a little bit and then finding those stories that have not been told, finding the, one, the good ones to tell. Uh, that That is great advice, Kevin, for me and for anybody trying to break into the sports media position. Uh, th- uh, thank you so much for that. Kevin Fishbane, uh, inside reporter for the Chicago Bears and for The Athletic. Uh, keep it up. Thank you so much for joining this Off the Dome podcast, and I look forward to speaking with you soon. All right. Thank you for having me. Thank you guys for listening to another edition of the Off the Dome podcast. I'll see you guys next time. Go get them.